I want to introduce you to someone that you may not know. Some of you all will know uh, this person, at least by name and maybe by sight. But I want to introduce you to Mr. Charles Green, an early member and I guess we could say benefactor of Greenwich Presbyterian Church. And so this is a portrait, picture of Charles Green. Once upon a time, he owned that property just to the east. We call it the lawn. Okay, it's changed hands. And so Charles Green um, was uh, a British merchant who lived here and then also had a home in Savannah, Georgia. And any of you been to old historic Savannah, you will see the Green Mildrum House. And inside the historic Green Mildrum House is a picture of... Greenwich Presbyterian Church. Isn't that something? Yeah, there's, there's a historical connection when, when General Sherman uh, marched through the South and he presented the city of Savannah to President Lincoln. He did so from Charles Green's home. Because he was like, I don't have a dog in the fight. You know, I'm British, so I don't, I don't, and so he was probably pretty smart, you know, so that his home wouldn't get, wouldn't get ruined. Uh, what's the next picture? <clears throat> This tablet um, is in the chapel, okay? In loving memory of Charles Green, gentle and faithful, as husband, father, friend, citizen, he was ever known to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with his God. That's Micah 6, 8. So he was a Micah 6, 8 guy. He was concerned about justice and, and love and mercy and walking humbly with God, to whose grace he ascribed all the success of his life. Can we read that? He taught us how to live and oh how high the, I can't, the praise of knowledge taught us how to die. And so Charles Green has a plaque, uh, he's memorialized in our chapel and a bunch of y'all know that but next time you're in the chapel if you've never been there let's get you inside there and you'll see that and then if we take the next picture well, why, why, why do we and now here's a tombstone. Why do we care about Charles Green? He donated the land on which Greenwich Presbyterian Church was built. And he helped oversee the construction of the chapel. Was it 1858, Philip? I think is what it was. Right? 1858, he and his wife helped to raise the funds and oversaw the construction of that chapel and donated about seven acres. And the land where this uh, new sanctuary uh, rests uh, was also donated and there was a provision in the, 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 the deed of transfer that the trees could only be cut down because there was trees where we are except they be used for the advancement of the gospel and Christian education and so our Lord's table and this pulpit and these choir risers are built from the trees that stood here in honoring that um, transfer from Charles Deed and his, his, his wish, Charles Green and his wishes. And then the next one is just a Civil War markers that Greenwich, um, we're part of history. We, we don't always think about that. And so I wanted to introduce you to Charles Green and I want you to keep him in mind as we read the scripture today. So Joy, thank you for, for flipping through those slides. And anybody who wants in to the chapel. We can't go right now because the Anglicans are worshiping there, right? St. <laughs> Michael's is there. But after church, we can, um, 
We'll find a way to get you in there. And so we want to read from Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 to 3, page 17. Can't get much earlier in the, in the book here, can we? Page 17. This is the call of Abram. We're kind of going to bring this summer series in for, we hope, a soft landing. As We've been talking about money. We've looked at Abram already in the tithe that he paid. But I want to, want to tease out this other aspect. The call of Abram. So chapter 12, beginning verse 1. The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. We call this the Abrahamic promise. God promises to bless Abram. Now, you know, sacrifice is at the beginning of Abram's story. He's got to leave his family. He's got to leave his homeland and go out as a kind of a sojourner. But there is this promise of being made into a great nation. Well, there's a little bit of problem. He doesn't have any children. And so as you read on the story, you see how God takes care of that with Isaac, the child of promise. And so God promises to bless Abraham and, and to make him a blessing and all peoples on earth on earth will be blessed through him. So, so let's take a moment to pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for this portion of your word that, that, that just stands so tall and gives us such an understanding of your plan and purpose of salvation to save the world through a family, through Abraham's family. And we thank you for Jesus Christ, the greater son of Abraham, through whom we have been blessed and through whom all nations will be blessed. And so guide us in our study now, we pray, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Okay, Genesis 12, just as you're thinking about the Bible, this is, a, this is just one of those hallmark uh, highlight passages. A, the Abrahamic promise to make him into a great nation, to give him a great name, it's going to bless him to be a blessing. And it's that language that I want to kind of tease out. Blessed to be a blessing. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you, Abraham. And so the best way to understand the whole Bible, the best way to understand the Bible is very simply the story of God's fulfilling this promise to Abraham and Abraham's family, whom we come to know as the Jews. Abraham, then Isaac, then Jacob. And so Abraham's grandson, Jacob, he wrestles with the angel. He has his name changed to Israel. Israel's a person before it's a place. Most of us hear Israel and we think of a place. Israel is a person. Israel has 12 sons, the 12 tribes of Israel. It's just Abraham's family. And from one of those tribes, the tribe of Judah, comes the Savior. And so the story of the Bible is really just the story of the fulfilling of the promise. Moses, so we've just got Bible stories, you know. We, we take the kids to Sunday school and we go to Sunday school. And we, we've got Bible stories, you know. You got some of these Abraham stories and then you get Joseph and the, the colorful coat. Well, that's just, that's the family still, right? Then you get Moses, that's still the family. And, and so what we have is really... An unfolding of this story. 
we go into the New Testament. I was going to mark it and I didn't. Luke chapter 1. The Christmas story. We know uh, Gabriel visits uh, Mary, right? And uh, says that you're going to have a child. And then Mary sings this song. Some of us of Catholic background would know the Magnificat, right? So that's the, the Magnificat. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Mary interprets the visit from Gabriel and this announcement that she's going to bear a child miraculously through the Spirit. She interprets that with understanding that this is the fulfillment of the Abrahamic promise. And then uh, John the Baptist um, uh, father Zechariah he, he sings a song also and also interprets this in the context uh, that this birth of John the Baptist is the forerunner to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant the oath he swore to our father Abraham whoa and this is like you know a couple thousand years later and they're still hanging on to this promise from Abra that was made to Abraham. Wow. Abraham roughly 2000 BC, Moses 1500 BC, David 1000 BC, and then you get this. Do you know family promises that are you tracing back 2000 years in your family genealogy? I mean most of us can't get back into the 1800s before we lose the family tree, right? And so the Abrahamic promise, the entire story unfolds as the Abrahamic promise. And then you get to the book of Revelation. I love when we can preach from Genesis to Revelation, right? Okay. You can tell people at work, yeah, my preacher went from Genesis to Revelation. They said, how long were you there? Right. Mm. And so what you end up having is you've got this picture thought I had it. It's chapter 5. I'm looking at chapter 7. Yep. The song of the Lamb. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain. This is of Jesus. And with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. Revelation 5, 9. The fulfillment of that Abrahamic promise that I am going to bless all peoples on earth through you. Abraham and so from Genesis to Revelation this is the way to understand the Bible it's a family story a fulfilling of that promise and so if you believe in Jesus Christ today if you believe in Jesus Christ if you follow his words his ways you are in fulfillment of the promise to Abraham you are part of Abraham's family not by birth now some of you may actually be descended uh, from Abraham by birth you may have a, a Jewish heritage. Most of us are not. We're children by promise. Paul uh, writes that in Galatians. That we are like Isaac, a child of promise. God promised that we would be here by faith. We are children of that promise to Abraham who then believed God and it was reckoned as righteousness because he went out and he obeyed God and so he, he obeyed and it's that faith so salvation by faith is rooted in this promise why this is important is the promise to Abraham is a promise for you too 
God has blessed you so that you would be a blessing to others, that others would come to be blessed through your life. That blessed to be a blessing uh, a promise that we have in Genesis 12 is for all of us. It's a promise that should be shaping our life, should be shaping our thinking. Oh, I, I, and some of you may go, I, I actually didn't know that I was related to Abraham. I didn't know that promise was for me. I just kind of feel like I'm out here as a Christian just kind of trying to make my way. No, 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 no. God had you in mind all the way back when he's making that promise to Abraham, 2000 B.C. And so it can shape our thinking and shape our, our lives and our belief and our actions. And so you are blessed to be a blessing. If you're a Christian, if you believe in Jesus Christ, or if you're not and you want in on that, today's the day of salvation. Embrace the Savior. And so I want you to say something with me. This may be a little goofy, but I hopefully we'll, we'll do it. I have been blessed. Can you say that with me? One, two, three. I have been Let's say it one more time. I have been blessed to be a blessing to others. I have been blessed to be a blessing to others. Altogether, I have been blessed to be a blessing to others. Most of us have no problem saying the first part. It flows out of our, out of our mouths. I'm so blessed. God has just blessed me, my children, my family, my work, my house, uh, just, you know, my parents, this country, this great country. You know, I'm, I'm so blessed. We don't have a problem saying that part of it. We don't always connect that when we're saying it to the promise to Abraham, and I want you to today. I'm blessed with my home, with my health, with family and friends, with a church family, right? Few of us have a problem saying we are blessed, but the problem is most of us just stop there. I'm blessed. I am so blessed. Yes, you are blessed. Yes, yes, yes. But you're blessed so that you can be a blessing to others. That's the pattern. That's the image. That's the vision. That's the promise. Most of us have lost touch with or maybe have never known that the Abrahamic promise, the Abrahamic vision and calling is actually for us too. That we are blessed to be a blessing to others. And too often we only see God's blessing as for ourselves, for our family. You know, I'm so blessed. I've got so much, you know, our convenience and comfort. And, and, and we rightly give thanks to God for that. But all that you have acquired, all that you have accomplished, your education, your work, the experience, the wisdom, the life lessons, the physical body that God has given you, your heart, mind, soul, strength, your money, as we've been talking about money all, all summer long, everything, your time, your talent, your treasure, that's often the big three we talk about, right? Time, talent, treasure. Everything that is about you, everything that is you, everything that is yours, all the blessings are given so that you can bless others. Not just your children, yes, and your grandchildren, yes, it is for that, for those others. 
but it's for neighbors on either side across the street and behind you and co-workers and strangers that you might meet in the store. And so church family, we are heirs, we are beneficiaries of this Abrahamic promise and the Abrahamic calling and the Abrahamic responsibility. And this is where, if you know the story from Genesis to Revelation, Abraham's family loses the plot. We are chosen. Chosen for a responsibility to be a light to the Gentiles. Ah, we don't we don't we know that Gentile stuff. We're chosen. No, 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 no. You're chosen in Abraham. And you've been given that land, and we refer to it as what? The promised land. This is what it ties back to, this Abrahamic promise. I'm going to show you that land, that's going to be yours, and that's going to be headquarters. And from headquarters, you're going to go out and bless all peoples. And sadly, the family of Abraham lost the plot. Most of the family of Abraham lost the plot along the way, and sadly, many still have not understood the plot. And so, church family, we are the heirs and beneficiaries of the Abrahamic promise. We are called to live into the fullness of this promise that others would be blessed through our lives, individually and then collectively. We're called to pool our time and our talent and our treasure. That's what local churches do. We gather... And we pool together an accumulated wisdom and experience and resources and gifts. I mean, what are we, maybe 150, 200 people here this morning? If we could just just scoop up all of the experience, all the know-how, all the insight... What a difference. If we just... We get organized. How are we going to impact this community? That's what local churches are called to do. And the local churches around the corner and down the street and over the hill and over the dale. All these churches are heirs to this Abrahamic promise. And they're called in in a little location to pool their time and their talent and their treasure, their, their wisdom and their resources, and to go be a blessing to others. That's the vision. So we pool it all together to bless this community and as some of you know that language to the farthest corners with Austin and Sinte. And so can we catch this vision? That's that's what this summer has all been about, catching such a vision. That God intends to use us, all of us. You say, yeah, but I don't have much time, I don't have much talent, I don't have much treasure, I hardly got any energy, I dragged myself to church today. I know some of y'all feel that way, right? You can pray. You can pray. And that's where it begins, right? And so God intends to use us, all of us, our prayers, our words, our service, our generosity, our, our worship gatherings as we open these doors and invite and welcome people in. Our wealth, yes, our wealth and our money, but wealth is more than just our money. It's wealth is the fullness. It means our well-being as we grow, as we mature, as our relationships are restored, that itself bears witness. 
And so plan A in the Bible is God wants to use Abraham and Abraham's family to save and to heal and to restore the world. That's plan A. And guess what? There is no plan B. There's no other way God does it. And so the only way somebody comes to know the Lord is through somebody who already knows the Lord, right? <laughs> One of the descendants of Abraham in fulfillment of the promise tells somebody else about Jesus and that person's eyes are open and their ears here and their hearts are warmed and they come into Abraham's family. And then they are given the same opportunity to go bear witness. So we are plan A. Which ties us all back to Jesus and the theme of this whole summer about treasures in heaven. That all of our education and all of our work and all of our wisdom and all the life lessons and our heart and our mind and our soul and our strength and our money. But money is just one means. That's just a piece of it. It's the whole pie. <laughs> that all of that is to be dedicated to the true treasures, the treasures in heaven. So our education and our work and our life experience isn't just about accumulating the treasures on earth. It's about using all of that and the treasure on earth to build the treasure in heaven. That's the Abrahamic vision. Which brings us back to Charles Green. Why did I introduce you to Charles Green? He's one who caught the vision. And he donated this land. He didn't have to do that, right? He didn't have to do that. He donated this land and he oversaw the construction of that chapel. It was just, Greenwich was worshiping in a little log cabin before that. Through one man's act of generosity, how many thousands of people in this little plot have been touched? Since 1858, how many folks have gone through that chapel? And then how many folks through that chapel, that went through that chapel and heard the gospel and were baptized and, and married and blessed and encouraged and challenged, went out and touched their community? Through one man's act of generosity, of donating some land, and overseeing construction of a little chapel, that was probably big back in the day, Right? We, we see it as probably pretty small. Thousands and thousands, untold lives have been touched for Christ. And Philip, this is why I was asking you that, that corn question. So we were driving in this morning and some of y'all know where Bruce and Beth Galbraith used to live right there on Glenkirk and you know, their fields. Now it's full of corn. And I was like, one little corn seed, what do you call it? Seed corn? Corn seed? Kernel? Kernel, through one kernel gets me one stalk, right? You don't have to plant 10 seeds to get one stalk. One seed, one stalk. I think that's how it works. And they yield about one ear, sometimes two. Did y'all know that? I thought there were like, you know, six or seven or eight ears on every one of those stalks. Nope. But how many kernels on that one ear? I looked it up. About 600, Okay. So one seed gives me 600 seeds. Some of you all do the math. Those 600 seeds get planted and they are multiplied by 600 more. We're now at 360,000. Second generation. One seed, ding, now, okay, third generation, I guess. 
plant those 360,000 seeds and times 600, you know where we get? 216 million. So that's just parents and then children, then grandchildren, and then great-grandchildren. One seed in four generations leads to 216 million. I did it one more time. It was 1.29 to the 11th power. There's, that's how many zeros are behind it in five generations. If every seed yields. The generosity, generosity of Charles Green to donate a land. He caught the vision. He understood I don't need that land. In fact, God has given, I'm going to donate this. But I always want this land to be dedicated to the gospel. And so if you cut those trees down, he's for anything other than, than, than preaching the gospel, and it's coming back to me and my family. Had a reversion clause built into it. We are the beneficiaries of this act of faithfulness by this one man. Can we catch the same vision? That through our lives and through our money and through our witness and through our words and through our accumulated resources and assets and lives that God has pooled together at Greenwich. Can we catch that vision for generations to come? Amen? Amen. Father, hear our prayer. Raise up among us the next Charles Green. Many Charles Greens. Who will see in this promise to Abraham a practical way of impacting to the generations. Thank you for his faithfulness. And bless the family of Charles Green that lives on. And bless our lives and through our lives the little seed of our life. Bring, Lord, a great harvest. And from the one seed of Jesus Christ... You have brought a harvest from every tribe and language, nation and people. And so we praise you and we honor you this day. And all God's people said, amen. I have been blessed to be a blessing. Amen.